This is the Radio Check Podcast, life in the concert touring industry. Brother Chris, there you are once again. It's been too long. So how's it going on the road? What up, Matt? Uh, yeah, this is this is the first time we're going to podcast with me uh, not in home or anything. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a hotel room in, in San Antonio, Texas, you know, on a day off. So, you know, where, nice. where are you? I kind of recognize your surroundings. Yeah, no, I'm actually in an apartment in Connecticut. So, wow. Look yeah. at us both, both kind of uh, doing the old switcheroo. Yeah. So it's a completely different environment. So uh, after almost five months on the road, I uh, basically hung it up and kind of marched back to where I came from and uh, to get my feet back on the ground and get a little settled because I mean, this is different, you know, because we've, we've all traveled on the road before and, but uh, doing it the way I was doing, it was just a little too chaotic, too unbalanced, you know, and so just bouncing from Airbnb and camping and all that kinds of stuff. So it was a lot of fun. It was great. It was exciting. I would do it over again, but uh, <laughs> very, very chaotic and very expensive. So it's you nice know, to- you, it was a very, such a romantic notion for you when you were first putting it together. And we talked about it on yeah, the podcast. Yeah. We're like, yeah, I've got this fan. I'm going to be traveling around with my bikes. I'm going to go oh, mountain biking right ride every day. And, and I did. You know, and uh, I don't know. I I, 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 I wasn't going to say anything, but I knew it would get old quick. But, but you know, uh, I'm you sure you had the time. I'm sure you had the time of your life. Uh, it was great. Yeah. And as a mountain biker and hitting all the iconic spots, especially kind of in the Southwest. And then I spent the last three weeks in Colorado uh, skiing, which was just amazing. And then I just kind of uh, came back just to kind of uh, figure out what my next steps are. What but town anyway, are you in now? I'm in Stanford, Stanford, Connecticut. So, okay. That's yeah. kind of hop, skip and a jump out of Manhattan. That's really good. It's pretty close. It is. So but nice. it's a temporary step. It's a convenient thing. But anyway, enough of the, the small talk there. You look good. Um, I'm <laughs> glad to, uh, you know, hear and see you again. And uh, I, I understand that the tour is going well. And San Antonio, it's got to be nice and warm there because it's like 20 degrees outside. I got a foot of snow out there and it's a little bitter. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, let's uh, let's get into this. So it's been a couple of weeks since we've chatted. So month. it's great. It's been a, been a month. Oh, geez. It okay, been, it's been yeah, a month. Yeah. It's too long. But I'm, I'm happy that we're able to try to maintain this. And I guess maybe you and I should have a chat at some point to seeing how we can continue to keep this going because people are digging it, I, I'm, as am I. So but anyway, to not take uh, too much of our guest's time today, because we do have a guest, um, I, you know, this is going to be another one. It's fun and exciting for me because uh, this gentleman I don't know and uh, looking forward to hearing his story and how you know him and, uh, and, and seeing what's going on there. So what do we got going on? Oh, do I dare say that I love this man? Would that, would that, would that be too much to say on this podcast? Not at all. No. Oh, no. We've, we, we've got an incredible, an incredible human being who's uh, not only a super road talent, but also a fucking cool dude, you know, and a guy that I really enjoy working with and hanging out with and chatting with. And, and we have none other than Mr. Slap Daddy Kurt Wagner on here. Hey, Kurt. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hi, Matt. How are you, hey, gentlemen? Man. Right on. We're good and thrilled to see you. You know, I just look at you and I'm cracking up. You know, I'm just looking at you and I'm just fucking laughing. It's I'm laughing slap daddy. Yeah, right. What's that all about? <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know. Where does slap daddy come from? Oh boy, that one's that's a that's a tough question there. I, I've tried to make some really, really great stories out of that one, out of that slap daddy slap 
slap wags, slap daddy, slap mama. They call my wife slap mama. <laughs> uh, it's evolved. It's definitely evolved over over the years. And uh, uh, it, how do I go about it? I, again, I've tried to make really great stories out of this, and I've never come up with a really great story about it because it's kind of pretty straightforward. I played a lot of hockey growing up. Um, lots of hockey, me and my brother in, 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 uh, in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, obviously the slap shot is one of the shots they have in, in hockey. Right. And we used to, my brother and I used to be pretty well known for our slap shots growing up in the peewees and midget and Bantam divisions. Um, and then that, and it, it didn't start then, but uh, people were uh, aware of, uh, of me playing a lot of hockey and loving my hockey as a passion. Uh, and uh, the few people that were on the road with me also had the same passion I did with the hockey. Uh, we got into a story one time and, and we were talking about, about this. We went into a bar. I'll go right, I'll dive right into it. Went into a bar. I think we were in, let me see, it might have been Oslo which is obviously a very big hockey uh, country in Norway. Yeah. Uh, very well uh, popularized in their hockey. Uh, and we had a couple of cocktails. I, think, I want to say this was like probably 92, <laughs> actually closer to 94. It was on the Voodoo Lounge Tour. Um, and we were in a bar having our cocktails, quite a few cocktails. Happened to have, uh, I think we worked like eight or nine days in a row prior to that. And we were ready to, to bleed, if you will. And uh, we had two days off. Went into a couple of different, three or four different bars. I got pretty, pretty shit-faced. And uh, a lot of ladies were walking around. And as I was they very, do. As they do. And uh, very respectfully, a lot of them had ponytails or their hair up in a bun. Well, I, I kind of saw one and my eyes got really big as the story goes from somebody else who was watching because I sure don't remember. I was, I'm sure it was quite blurry. I happened to go walk by a lady and I kind of tugged her, slapped on her ponytail. Well, she was not happy about that, understandably so. There was, there was no pain and no hurt. I didn't hit her. I hit her ponytail, everyone, just so you know. It wasn't, <laughs> there, was no, there was no hand on head or anything like that. And, uh, and uh, I continued to do that a couple more times. Some of the girls liked oh, it. Oh, no, no, so, no, yeah, no, some, no. Some, some dug it, some didn't, I've been told. Uh, but I, I think I came across one that, that wasn't too happy about it, and that made it back to the, the, the bartender slash bouncer. And uh, I got bounced right out on my ass, right out, literally on my ass, right out the front door. Into the pile of trash by and, the door, you know, like. Yeah, of course you did, huh? Right by the hefty Knocking bags. the cans over. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've all seen that movie before. Um, and, and obviously the next day at work, it, it came up, hey, slap, what's going on? Slapped any ponytails lately? Slapped any buns lately? Hair buns lately? And uh, and then then that's how it happened. It, then the name stuck. And oh my goodness! You know, I, I I thought it was you know I I was really digging at the slap shot part. <laughs> <laughs> it, it 
kind of originated the back there again. Oh, how funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, not, not one of my finer moments. That's for, for darn sure. Uh, but then the finer part of it was the slap. Yeah. Daddy came I, I, I like the, you know, how it's evolved into like physical comedy. Well, like when you slap, what you do is you, you'll raise your foot up and slap the bottom of your foot. <laughs> you know, hey, slap. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. I slapped the back of the heel, Chris. Yep, that's correct. Oh, how funny. How <laughs> I forgot about funny. that part of it. Yes. Uh-huh. When, did, when, did you, uh, when did you leave Detroit? When did you go to California? <clears throat> I, left, uh, I left Detroit in, in uh, nine, 1989. I left the Detroit area. And what was the reason? Were you, were you uh, music industry reasons, or or were you were you on an adventure like Matt was? I mean, what do you? Well, we... not, that adventure sounds real good to me. <laughs> Matt adventure with the bikes and the skiing and all that. Um, no, it's it's kind of a fun little story. Um, I had been working in in, in Detroit uh, as a stagehand, as a security guard, doing catering, whatever I could do in the business at a small theater called the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, Chris or not. Uh, uh, it's called the Royal Oak music theater. Oh, of course. I love the Royal Oak. I love Royal Oak. It's really cool. Part of uh, the Detroit area. Became very trendy as soon as I left actually, but yeah, great, 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 great town. Little, little theater, Royal Oak music theater is still there. They call yeah. it the Nelson, now, I think. Yeah. I did a show there in the last 10 years, you know, some little underplay, you know, there's a sushi joint connected to it now. I think it was really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. It's it's like, I don't know, maybe 1500, maybe 1800 somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been working there uh, for about, I started working there probably 1983 or something like that, pushing boxes again and and doing whatever I could do to, uh, to make a buck as we do hustling, right. Doing some hustling. Um, and there was a, uh, a comedian used to come in there every year. He would come every year, probably since I was in there like in 80, well, he might've started coming in 85, 84, something like that. Guy named Gallagher. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. The water, watermelon oh, smash. The watermelon smash. Yeah. Uh-huh. He has the big, the big mallet. Sludgematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sludgematic. Exactly correct. Everybody puts plastic over, over themselves in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a big old mess. The, the plastic bags and the, and the, the, the floors all covered and stuff like that. It's a big, big cleaning charge. Um, <clears throat> so he used to come there every year and we became really good friends with uh, the, the, the manager. The manager basically was his was a one man show, right? He'd come in, he'd cut the fruit and set up all the props, and, <laughs> right? He'd sit there on the floor and he'd he'd sit there and smoke doobies. Old, uh, actually, he's from Florida, I think, but it, via California, so he's like an old surfer dude, right? Just a real hip, cool, chill guy. Gary Proper, Gary Proper was his name, and uh, so we would sit on the floor there in the middle of the stage there, and we'd cut up fruit and. And, and set up all of, of Gallagher's props and stuff like that. And Gallagher sometime would come over and come over and bullshit with us and sit in the middle of the stage and, and just try out new ideas. And just a, it's a really creative mind, Gallagher. So we did this for every year. He, and he'd come and do like five, six nights there. And he'd sell it out every night, five or six nights every year for about four or five years. Well, what, uh, I guess it would have been 89, 89, no, it'd been 88. Cause I came out here in, in February of 89. Uh, we were doing the last show of the tour. Actually it was the next to last tour, uh, in, at the Royal Oak music theater. 
and uh, we were sitting there on the stage, and he goes, yeah, Kurt, we got one more show to go, and we're wrapping it up for the year, actually. Um, we're going to wrap it up for the year, and uh, and uh, what do you got going on, Kurt? And I go, oh, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm headed out to California to see my brother. My brother lived out here. I was going to go hang out with him, like, after the first year, somewhere around January or February. And he said, well, our, happen our last show happens to be at the, uh, the Palladium uh, on, like, I don't know, sometime in January or February. Go, oh, man, okay, maybe I can uh, work my dates around your date. You go, yeah, that'd be great. Come on down. You can work with us. We'll pay you for the day, and we'll do our thing. Sit in the middle of the stage and smoke. Slice fruit. <laughs> Slice fruit. Get the sludge matic <laughs> off, crap. Clean up, clean up the sludge matic Oh, God, it's good memories, man. I haven't told this story in a really, really long time. So um, so we worked it out to where I, I made it out there at the same time they were doing their last shows at the Palladium. And we were sitting in the, in the middle of the stage doing our thing. And Gallagher happened to come down early. And we were uh, bullshit. And he goes, oh, let's go get some lunch. So we, myself, Gallagher, and Gary walked out the door, walked around the corner, went and got uh, a pizza or something like that, sat there at the table. And uh, Gallagher says, so, Kurt, what else, what else do you do besides the shows at the Royal, Royal Oak Music Theater? I said, that's about it. You know, I hustle, Gallagher. I do whatever I can do. It gets become seasonal. Is that, is that what you call him, Gallagher? I call him Gallagher, yeah. <laughs> because what's his name? His real name was Rory or something like that. His real name was Rory. That's the guitar player. Yeah, Rory Gallagher. <laughs> 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 That's the Irish blues guitar player. Uh, <laughs> I think his name was John. Wasn't it John Gallagher? I thought that was his sure. Name. I, I, I don't quite remember now. That you, oh, that's fantastic! Roy Gallagher, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, maybe it's the guitar player I was working for, and not the not, not the comedian. Oh, that Gallagher. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, mix up guitar, sludgematic, whatever. Still an, fruit, axe. Still an axe, right? Still <laughs> the end of the day. Uh, so I, yeah, I said, well, Gallagher, I just, I just hustle. I, I hang out at the Royal Music Theater and then off season, I go work in a grocery store or whatever it takes, be security, da, da, da. He goes, what about, what about, what do you think about staying here and, uh, taking care of my, you know, my wife when I'm on the road and I've got like three houses. My parents live in one, my kid, and my wife live in another. You can live in this other one that I have and, and just kind of take care of my day-to-day -day affairs when I'm, when I'm on, uh, on the road. I went, wow yeah right wow that's right i said wow that that's that sounds pretty good gallagher that sounds like a, yeah i could probably do that so i think i i'm just gonna run back home and tighten up my affairs and get out of my apartment and move some shit around grab some grab some clothes and tighten up some stuff he goes no and he goes, what do you mean no he says no if you if you want to you want this job you want to work with me you're gonna you're going to stay here. You're not going home. You need some clothes and stuff. I'll buy you some clothes and have your parents or your friends tighten up your apartment, whatever you do. But if you leave, the, the job's gone. I'm going to move on and try to find somebody else. I went, oh, God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was an ultimatum. Jesus, just, just stay here and, and not even go home. And I, I go, okay, can I, can I let you know by the end of the show? He goes, yeah, you can let me know by the end of the show. Well, I'm telling the last watermelon is gone. <laughs> you need to have a decision. <laughs> I really want to do this. 
um, and, and I, I, the show ended and went to Geller. I go, I'm in. Let's go. And, uh, and I moved into one of his houses out in Agora Hills. And, uh, and uh, that's how I got out to California. And I, and right. I, and I never left. <laughs> well, how long did that last? How long were you a PA for Gallagher? That, well, that only lasts about three months. Yeah, yeah about a solid, solid three months. I, uh, I lived in this house in Agora Hills. Beautiful, beautiful home, right? I know. 4,000 square foot house, swimming, <laughs> swimming pool, two car garage. I was driving a, an old beat up uh, Ford pickup truck. And my other car was a Mercedes Benz uh, uh, little convertible. And then I had a, uh, an Austin Martin that he had. And those stayed at really? my house. <laughs> yeah. That was the shit that I was driving around. And uh, it had the big old, I don't know if you've seen any of his specials or not, guys, but he was... Uh, he had this one special. It had a huge, huge, massive uh, sofa with a trampoline built into it. And when that happened to be in my side yard over there as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the neighbors, there wasn't too many neighbors, but what neighbors could see were pretty curious about a big old sofa in their backyard that we'd bounce around on. Um, so that lasted about three months. And he got, the manager told me he basically got, got writer's block and, and, and started going off the deep end and writer's block. He, 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 yeah, I guess he just couldn't come up with any more jokes or any more skits and stuff like that. And started getting frustrated and took his frustration out on, well, he fired me for no particular reason. Again, I, that I didn't know of that's again, what the manager had told me. And I think he got divorced shortly after that. I think he was on, he was into like, I think he had two or at least two wives, if not three, but, uh, so yeah, it was a little three a three month run with uh, with Gallagher, yeah. Okay, and so uh, did did you stay? Did you go back home? What, what no, I, uh, I I I ended up staying. I moved on. My brother lived down in uh, in Laguna Niguel, so that was an easy ride. Okay, let's let's go down to Laguna Niguel, yeah. Niguel. Yeah. and uh, I started living with him, and uh, then I hooked up with. Uh, Mike Hirsch in LA Stage Call. Oh, right. right. Who I just saw the other day at a, at, at a gig in Anaheim. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. He looked great. You know, yeah, I mean, he, you know, you, you used to see Mike walking like it hurts to walk. You know, <laughs> it, it, he, he, he looked good. He looked good. Yeah. Oh, that's he, really he, great. To we hear. had his, we had his crew in Anaheim. Yeah. I, I need to reach out to him and say hello. She's been a long time. So I started with, with uh, LA Stage Call, and that was, you know, sporadic work at the best for a couple of months. And one day I was just kind of fed up with it. And I, I, I called my parents and go, you know what? I, I think I'm going to come back. I think I'm done here. It's not working out. I'm going to come back and, and uh, go back to the theater and start hustling there again and do my thing. Both my parents said, uh, no, you're not. I got, I got another, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I go, what do you mean? I'm not. They go, well, you're going to come back here. And you're doing the exact same thing here as you are there, but you're not here, you're there. And I, I went, I was really actually pretty well shocked. And we've already, you know, given your room away to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> All your shit's been sold. You have no clothes here. So <laughs> you're wearing Gallagher's clothes that he bought you. Um, and they said, no, we, I think you should just stay there and, and, and work it out. You know, and how, was, how old are you? How, how old are you now? Was, at that point, at that point, I was like 24. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah, I was 24, so definitely old enough to be gone. I didn't need to be coming back 
to the house. You know what I mean? Especially when I didn't have my apartment anymore. So there was, I was definitely coming back to the basement, you know, <laughs> at the parents' house. Um, but, you know, it's probably, it's probably the best things my, my parents ever did for me. And I, you know, I, I call it um, tough love, right? Tough love. Yeah. Tough love. And they, uh, they said, no, you're not coming back. And I, I never left. I never left. I came out here in 1989 for a vacation and uh, we're in 2022 and I'm uh, still here out in California. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's a, so I don't know. I mean, you're, you're, you're such an icon in in this industry and you've done so many things for so long. I mean, you, how, I mean, was Mike Hurst, you're kind of launching that. I mean, what was, what was the, you, you push cases for Mike Hurst in Long Beach or would you, would you, would you do man? Cause, cause he was, he must've still been working for Rush at the time or, or. You know what? I think Mike at that time, so again, that was 89. I think he might have started his company maybe a year, maximum two years prior to that. And all right, yeah, okay. You know, it, We're getting closer to 90. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Get it. yeah. I he, think, he was off rush by then. Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely off rush and <laughs> off his all his Jackie did his Jackson tours and stuff like that. But the rush was in heart, you know, he, he did hard for a while as well. And I think he, he might have been a year or two old, maybe into the LA stage call when I joined up. And right. I was just, yeah, I was one of those guys that took every single call. Every time he, he, we had beepers, right? He'd (laughs) call the beeper, right? And you go, and you just write back, yep, here I come. Our main's playing. Come on down. (laughs) It's in Ventura. You live in Long Beach. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't, doesn't matter. And, 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 and did that with Mike. And you, you know, back then it seemed like, and Chris, you may recall, and uh, I don't know if it happens as much anymore. Well, not for the last two years anyways um mike used to do a lot of rehearsals uh for bands load in their rehearsal their full production rehearsals whether it be at sony sony studios or long beach arena or the barker hangar oh barker hangar right right right? (laughs) um and so i i figured out that I knew what I wanted to do for the most part was going to be in this business one way or another. Uh, wasn't going to be musically. I can tell you that right now. I couldn't hold a note if you put it in my hand. Yeah, um, yeah neither can I. Yeah, not in any way, shape, or form. Um, so I, I, I was just basically busting my balls with LA stage call and taking any kind of work that he would give out and then going in doing these rehearsals and, and busting my balls for the, uh, for the, uh, the road crew and handing out my number and just, you know, hustling through 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 the guys um and that's how uh that's basically how i i got hooked up with uh my very first tour was uh well my first tour was i back i was in back in detroit when <laughs> working for a little lighting company and we did the winings the winings tour which was a, a gospel band and that lasted oh, about boy. about uh two or three weeks um, and then my first tour was with Madonna, uh, really? in, in 1990. Uh-huh. Okay. So, uh, and so, that was Mike who, Hirsch basically. Right. So that must've been, um, uh, Chris Lamb at that point, right? That was, that was Chris Lamb. That's exactly correct. Uh-huh. Okay. So you got hired by Chris Lamb, what to be a, a carpenter or what I, were you, what were you doing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> a carpenter skills. I, I don't have, uh, yeah. I, I, I guess I can build stuff that's already built. You want me to repair it? Yeah, it might be a different little, 
little story there, starting from scratch. Is a little so, bit so what, what tour is that with Madonna at the time? You know, is that's uh, it's not like a virgin. It's after like a virgin. That so. was uh, that was blonde ambition. Blonde ambition. Blonde that ambition. was my guess when I go. Okay. Yeah. How, was, how big was that? Was that that, uh, that was huge. That was it, well. Yeah, it was. It was a big tour. I I couldn't tell you how many trucks it was or, or anything like that chris yeah, it, was, yeah. it was primarily it was, it was stadiums overseas and, and, and arenas over here in, in north america and uh i was a a hydraulics carpenter really they threw you right into hydraulics right into hydraulics <laughs> you want to see some eyes get big hydraulics yeah I can do those. Uh-huh. oil right <laughs> those so, are that's, clips. so that's probably not tate that's probably all la based stuff right or, or or is it tape by then no that was that was all it was john mcgraw okay designer and um uh what's his name um boy he just he, he folded up a couple three or five years ago real real great guy i can't think of his name right now uh, out in the valley the guy what's his name out in the valley yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i know you're talking john about it. was it john i he was a carpenter, touring carpenter as well. He yes, started yes, his absolutely. own company. Yeah. yeah, real good uh, guy. Roy Gallagher or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Anybody knows out there calling. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly because he had a rehearsal. He had a, he had a, he had a, he had a, fuck, he was a tour carpenter for, Great, I don't know. Let's, really, let's, really let's not, nice man. We're, 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 we're teetering in the point where Matt might need to do some editing. So let's, <laughs> let's, 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 sorry, Matt. You know, um, we're just but, old farts and we can't remember anything. <laughs> but uh, he, he built the, the set and it was an amazing set. There were so many moving parts in this thing. It was absolutely incredible. Um, so that was my first tour and it was a big tour. That was an eye opener for me, boy. And I was, a, you know, still fairly young at the time, you know, getting into something of that scale. And, uh, and that kind of, that vaulted me into uh, carpentry. Other, uh, yeah, basically into carpentry. Yeah, I, I just hung on to the carpentry skills and, and uh, yeah, yeah. busted my balls. So Blonde Ambition, man, that was, a, that was huge. I mean, what a, what a, a really massive project to be thrown into. You must have had your, you must have had really big eyes. And man, I was like, holy shit. I did was, have some big eyes, Chris. No question about it. Was was Hydro there? I mean, who were some of the players at the time? Who were well, uh, <clears throat> I, um, Jim Dodd. Uh, oh, um, uh, not, um, not Charlie Ness. Charlie Ness's brother was the head carpenter who had been around. Bill Ness, who'd been around okay. forever. He was kind of a, almost a Chris Lamb type of guy. He'd done a bunch of Lionel Richie stuff and a bunch of uh, Chris Lamb stuff. Uh, Tom Hudak was a stage manager. Tom Hudak, nice. Yeah, yeah, right. Nice. Uh, Jim Dodd. Uh, God, there was there was Frank Cara. Uh, my brother it was. It's great. My brother was on the tour as well as a lighting guy. Really? Yeah. But did he get in the industry before you? Yeah, he was. He was. He was in the industry a uh, good five or seven years prior. Yeah. To What's me. your brother's name again? I forgot. Eric. Eric or, or Ernie, also known Ernie, as Ernie, 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 Ernie. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric didn't Ernie, ring a bell. Ernie's Ernie, got a reputation. <laughs> does Ernie still tour? Does Ernie still work? Ernie still works. He still uh, he does Billy Joel stuff. Okay. When, uh, when Billy Joel goes and does uh, stadium stuff like that, he goes out and right. uh, does the stadium dates with with Billy. Man, there's some so many famous, you know. No, I shouldn't say so many famous stories because I can't think of any yeah, right. um, of, 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 of the of the Madonna Chris Lamb dynamic, you know, and that, that was a, an interesting one. You know, there's there's folklore out there, you know, the, the, the 
you know, him like her screaming at him, you cocksucker motherfucker, you ruined my show. <laughs> like absolutely insane stories that I've heard and about that the, dynamic between those two. Yeah, there's a yeah, she was she was definitely a screamer. There's there's no question about it. And, but a perfectionist at the same time. So it's, it's yeah, yeah. Does she intimidate you when you were a young kid? I mean, Madonna. Um, I suppose so, but I also I kind of at the same time learned to kind of go, you know, fuck you. I know I'm doing it right, type of thing, doing my thing right, or I'm there always there for right, her right. when she had to go up on a lift or something like that. And I don't mean that literally. I didn't tell her to fuck off or anything like that. But uh, um, she was intimidating at the beginning. But then I just fell into my my groove and, and understood what my job was and and, and did that. And I didn't yeah. have to deal with. I really didn't have to deal with her much. You know what I mean. In that respect, I was just the guy behind the yeah. hydraulic hose, uh, <laughs> blowing her through the blowing her through the roof. Right? Yeah. <laughs> she you didn't want we didn't want to mess with me too much. Yeah. You know what they say about Madonna? I mean, and because uh, she's famous for being a hard worker and and and, and rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing. I think they say that she knows she's not the best singer and she knows she's not the best dancer, so she's got to work and she's got to practice and she does put in the time. From what I understand, she's very professional in that respect. Yeah, I, I you can't I can't you can't take as much as a as a bitch that people may call her. She is a perfectionist and she she works as hard or you know she, when she had rehearsals, we were all there. We were there after she was not on the stage, but she would also go back into a back room and start dancing again. So she she definitely put in her time and, and yeah, yeah. Uh, she deserved what she what she got out of it, in my opinion. Mm. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So you get some experience in Madonna. So where, where, where does that, where does that, what are some of the, the early nineties carpentry gigs that you were doing? Cause it, it, I, I, where, you know, where did you head to from there? After I did uh, Madonna, it's kind of a cute little story, if you will. <laughs> I said cute. <laughs> I did not say that. I love uh, that. That's a Curtis, if you will. <laughs> I've heard you say that a fucking million times, if you will. You will. Um, that that ended and uh it was back at uh LA stage call, uh pushing boxes around. And I had done again doing rehearsals and stuff like that. And I had uh got a call to go do to go do Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny was gonna go on the road. It wasn't a nice show, was I don't even know what it was. <laughs> Some kind of a did he did he call you himself? <laughs> hey, <Kurt. laughs> No, it wasn't Bugs. His agent called me. What's his name? Was that Foghorn Leghorn? Yeah, yeah, yeah Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> Elmer Fudd, I think it was, actually. Now that I think about it, I could hear Elmer Fudd's voice in the background. Um, and, uh, uh, you, know, you know what? Only you and I are laughing right now. I know, <laughs> Just, yeah, that, that's like, okay. More editing from Matt. I'm sorry, pal. <laughs> um. I would so I got a call to go do Bugs Bunny with with uh, Tom Marzula, Tom, and uh, it was starting in a couple I don't know a couple months from from the time that I got the call, and in the meantime I was still doing the LA stage call thing and happened to do some Guns N' Roses uh, rehearsals out in out in Burbank at some hangar out in Bur at Burbank Airport. So I was out there uh, busting my ass and working with Kendall Carter. Oh, Kendall, right. Yeah, yeah, Rest yeah. in peace, Kendall Carter. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Uh, he, uh, he Matt knows Kendall, too. Yeah, Matt yeah, worked with uh, Kendall, didn't yeah. you, Matt? Yeah. I did, yeah. He was a stage manager on the 
Mighty Morphin Power Ranger tour. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting character. So yeah, very much so. Yeah. L- Louisiana yeah. guy. Oh yeah. Yes, Louisiana. Baton Rouge. Yeah, Baton Rouge. LSU kind of guy. Uh just thought of him the other day, as a matter of fact. But uh it was uh Kendall and I can't I think Artie Freund. Oh, I remember the, that name. I don't think I ever worked with, but I know that name. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And uh they were the two carpenters out there. And uh they got uh they got out on the road. And I think they've done like maybe two or three cities, maybe. And they realized they needed another carpenter. Well, I get this call like on a, I don't know what, it's like a Monday or Tuesday or something like that. And uh, it's Opie, Dale Shurseth. Oh, Kurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's this? This is Dale, Dale Shurseth, production manager for Guns N' Roses. Oh, hi, Dale. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. We need another carpenter. Okay. Um, we need somebody tomorrow. We're in, we're in upstate New York and we need somebody to fly tonight, tomorrow morning at the latest. We need, we need somebody out there now. I went, oh, okay. I said, okay. Um, I just need to, uh, same old story. I need to button up some ends here. Check with the, <laughs> check with the wife and get my shit together. He goes, I've called three people. The first one to call me back gets the job. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm on my way. Send me the, you know, and uh, <laughs> so I had to, I hung up the phone with him and, and called uh, Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny and, and told them that I, I couldn't do, do their tour. And uh, that was really where I really, really got kicked off in the, uh, the touring industry was. Uh, really? <clears throat> you know, you know, you know what it, it, it's, I spoke to Dale the other day and he reminded me that when he was, when he started with Guns N' Roses as the production manager, he was 26 years old, 26 years old. And he's the okay. production manager for Guns N' Roses. And I thought, I just thought that was incredible. I just thought that was amazing. So yeah. you're, you know, you're all young guys and you're going to take over the world with Guns N' Roses. That's just incredible. Yeah, it was definitely an incredible run. That was yeah, in that two and a half years of thought my eyes were big on Madonna and my eyes got really big on that uh, Guns N' Roses stuff there. Back right. Then, for sure. For sure. And that's right. Um, yeah. That's where it really, really, really started rolling for me. And that was uh, Use Your Illusion, right? <clears throat> that was use, use Your Illusion. Yeah. So that was like 91, 92, and maybe a little bit of 93, I think, yeah. off top yeah, of my head. Yeah. Something like a two and a half years anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I popped in and out of that tour a little bit because I, and I, I I'm certain I, I'm certain I met you at some point because I was with the cult and we did a lot of shows with Guns N' Roses on that tour in Europe and in and, and festivals and, and whatnot or stadiums or I don't know what the fuck they were. But, you know, I do remember you, you know, you, 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 you kind of I mean, you're older now, but you've kind of looked the same your entire <laughs> fucking life. You know, you know, back when you were, you know, slap shots, you know, you were you were you were you probably looked the same, too, you know. Pretty close, I think. A little bit grayer, a little bit more wrinkled, Chris. I, I still right. like to believe I move pretty good, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so your Guns and Roses. You know, when did when did you when did you start stage managing? Was it for was it for was it for Opie at some point, or when did you when did you parlay Carpenter to stage manager? I would say you know Opie Opie definitely pushed me in that direction. He, he shoved me out the door. He said, you know, you need to grow up, type thing, and, and move on and, and, and expedite your your career here. 
So, you know, he, he kind of pushed me. Yeah, he did. He, he leaned on me a lot on the Guns N' Roses thing. Kendall Carter kept, he was coming and going to, at the time when Kendall would go over and do uh, Metallica started touring at the same time. That was when Jake, I think, had Metallica back in the day. And, uh, and uh, Kendall would, they'd do trades, you know, if he would trade so-and-so for somebody <laughs> with Jake and stuff like that, almost like a, like a baseball trade deadline type thing and so kendall went over to metallica and i kind of took walked into the uh, head carpenter job at, at, at guns and, with guns and roses and then dale leaned on me a lot and you know he wanted to push me to see me succeed um but my first my first stage manager job i i think chris i i think it was i think it was share it was either share or janet jackson off the top of my head but i think it was, i would think it was share and that would have been like '98, something like that. '99, somewhere in there, I think was my first uh, stage manager gig, where I walked in fresh at the beginning of the tour. And, uh, and did you have confidence? Did you did you go oh, in I there? Was, I was nervous. I was very nervous. I was I was good with you know what I was always I was always good with with. Uh, my ability to, to, to deal with the trucks and the crew and the local crews and stuff like that. The artist was my, always kind of my little uh, iffy part, if you will. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I was always there for them, but just, I just, I was always kind of more of a crew oriented guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, than an artist type of person. Yeah, yeah. You know, some stage managers are, are great artist people and not great with, with, uh, with crews or, or stuff like that. And some are the opposite. Uh, and some son can ride the line on both ends of that. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And did, uh, did, I just felt my, my forte was dealing with crew. And oh, yeah. Drugs. Slinging. Yeah, slinging. Moving shit. <laughs> Walking the dog. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, uh, did you take a lot of uh, the Opie personality with you? Because, you know, because Opie, Opie in the 90s, I mean, it's, it's well documented. Everybody knows he was, he was, he was hardcore, man. You know, he was, he was, he, he drove the fucking, he drove the wagon train, you know, with the whip. <laughs> yes, did, indeed. Did I, I don't know. I think, I think I took a little bit of it. Of course. Uh, I mean, you, you put your own spin on it, don't you? you yeah, take, yeah, of course. Learn, yeah. Whether it be from Chris Lamb or, or Tom Hudak and, and, and. Oh, of course. Yeah. Sure, you know what I mean? And I just kind of mixed it all up. I like to believe that I took a little bit from everybody and then put my own spin in. <clears throat> uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know your 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 relationship with 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 Opie. I mean that that's been a revolving door. You know you've been you, you're you're to this day you still work with Opie. I yeah. mean you're, you're, it's just it's it's such a it's a dynamic that you guys have. You know and and I, I know I even know today you know even Opie's told me like yeah yeah Kurt I, I go out there on the floor and Kurt kicks me out of the floor. You know, <laughs> go go back to the office. Go back to the office because somebody's he's, calling you. I think Dale. Someone's going yeah. yeah. He's right here. He's got that in him, though. I mean, uh, he's still got that. Let's get the fuck out, you know, uh, momentum in him. You know, he he just loves the the flow of 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 the loadout and whatnot. You know, and uh, he can't seem to let that go. You know, but I 
I've been multiplied. <laughs> I mean, I did a loadout <laughs> last night. I remember I went out and, and sat on the floor and, and cases are going by me. Like, yeah. I felt like I was in the way almost, you know, like, you know, like oh shit, I almost uh, got hit by a fucking sub, sub captain, you know. I've been, uh, there is, there, yes, there's, there's definitely time for you. Yeah. yeah, you can get off the floor and I've, I've, I've got this, you know. But then you understand, you know, hey, he wants to push a box, you push a box. Just do it my way, Open. <laughs> Not really, but. Uh, oh, um, yeah, so. Yeah, I took a little bit of, of Opie with me for sure. And like I said, I've taken a little bit of everybody I've worked for. I'd like to believe anyways, for sure, you know, whether it be good or bad, you know what I mean? Just yeah, totally. Initially, yeah, totally. But, you know, we all had a different ethos back in those days. I know, I mean, you know, I, I today, you know, it's more, you know, helmets and safety and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, uh, structure you know back then it was just you know almost a free-for-all in a lot of respects you know you setting your stopwatch for the loadout you know yeah. just trying to we gotta beat our record you know and it's yeah. just driving things you know but uh like i have you've seen the industry change you know industries change and in, in, in a lot of ways you know uh, i mean back back when we were kids i mean how many hats did you wear i mean <clears throat> today yeah. there seems to be somebody <clears throat> everything you know uh crews are so much bigger you know technology so much higher you know when it was it was sound and lights when we were kids it was sound and lights you know now there's now there's now there's video now there's automation now there's you know lasers and you know all sorts of special effects and it's uh, it's evolved you know carrying stages you know that kind of thing. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was it's a, a different world now. It, it, it was totally a different world, Chris. And, and, you know, it was, it was, you know, for myself, I, I, there were some things were, that were difficult to change over to from, you know, from with the technology, as far as, uh, you know, uh, specifically, I think about lifts coming out of the stage and stuff like that, where it was a counterweight system and there'd be a guy pulling the weights down and send the artist up and, and into, into the through the floor and making sure your clearances and uh, are all clear and everyone's clear and hands are clear and stuff like that uh that was that was tough for me to let go of doing stuff that, uh, manually if you will opposed to uh pushing a button and, and sending an artist through the roof or out of the ceiling and that was because it was it was kind of my what i used to say is like well like well, i, I if someone screwed up, uh, fucked up a, a cue or something like that, and the artist didn't make it through the uh, the stage on time or out, down down the stage uh, on time, I would uh, I go. I can't yell at the computer, but I can yell at the guy who didn't take the counterweights up in time, you know, or open the the trap door in time. And then that, that was a little bit of a, a learning curve for me uh, to, to the change over to the technology part of it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. The old man going to blame. Well, the computers didn't let me. <laughs> okay. I guess we'll yell at the computer. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Were you, were you a yeller? You think, you think, you think you've, you think you were aggressive. Do you think you've calmed no. down? I mean, tell me, tell me, no, tell me. I don't, I don't think I was a yeller. I think I, I and I, funny, I, I I'll tell hands uh, to this day. Sometimes I'm not, I'm not yelling at you. I'm speaking very loud. So you hear me. And I, I, I really, I really don't think I was a yeller. I don't think I yelled at people unless they really, truly deserved it. And that wasn't very often. I, I you know what I mean? I, I, I truly believe. And I think that again, I had to repeat myself, but yeah, I, I think I just, I spoke, speak very loud, make myself uh, clear when I'm uh, talking to people or, you know, yeah, no, I'm not a yeller. Like we know some yellers. Right. And I think that's like you said, I think that's come, that's part of that 
that uh, movement as well, Chris, is I think a lot of people have calmed down in that respect as far as the yelling has gone. Yeah, I, I agree. To the wayside, don't you think? I agree. Yeah. yeah I, 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 try to, I try to push respect for one of other out, one yeah. of, each other out there. You know, it's a, you know, we're living together. You know, we are together. Let's just, uh, let's be together. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, I suppose it comes with age a little bit too, doesn't it, Chris? I suppose, oh. <clears throat> you know. Totally. Yeah, and totally. Young kids listening, and so on and so forth. So, so let's 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 talk more about some shit you did in your career. You know, I mean, you've, uh, you know, we've talked about guns. We've talked about, you know, you've done a lot of Rolling Stones over the years, haven't you? I have done a couple of, of Rolling Stones. I I, uh, I started with the Rolling Stones uh, as a carpenter. Um, uh, a Voodoo Lounge, which we mentioned earlier, did the Voodoo Lounge tour, which was uh, another another eye opener, if you will. That was a, <clears throat> A massive production. Yeah, it was a, one of Mark Fisher's early masterpieces. Yeah, yes, Mark Fisher. What a man! With all the with guy. all the with all the inflatables and everything. You know, yeah. I mean, it's this <laughs> really, really, really cool show. If and if anybody's interested, Google Rolling Stones Voodoo Lounge and, and look at look at that show. I mean, it was right. for, for its time. It was really incredible. You know, and Mark that was, that was Fisher, awesome. genius, absolute genius, absolute genius, of course, and. and, and even that technology, I think, is still around that he, he did with that, incorporated in that one uh, to this day. There's stuff that, well, we have, we did have a counterweight, counterweight lift system back then to bring mix through the stage, but uh, all the video and stuff like that and the LED bulbs and so, so on, so on the back wall uh, was pretty incredible. But yeah, did the uh, Voodoo Lounge and then um, did uh, Bridges to Babylon uh, with the Rolling Stones. And that was my, that was my, that might have been my first head carpenter job. Oh wow! Yeah, that might have been my first head carpenter. Well, at that scale, for sure, no doubt about it. I might have done some some other uh, smaller one as a, as a head carpenter, but that was my first one. That was thrown into thrown into to the uh, to the wrenches there. <laughs> uh, but we had a, a great great support uh, carpenter team. Uh, Kendall Carter was part of that as well. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just podcasted with uh, Ray Winkler recently a couple podcasts ago matt and i did and we we talked about bridges to babylon and and the bridge the cantilever bridge uh, would come out of the stage and then extend itself into the front of house so the band can walk from the stage to the to like a b stage or whatever yeah that was yeah how how, 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 how much hell how much hell was that was that well, bridge that that bridge was was hell at the very beginning um they didn't have it for us uh gosh it had to be a couple of weeks into the tour, um, I remember showing up in North Carolina, I believe it was, and showed up in uh, Bruce Haynes, big Bruce Haynes. I don't know if you know big Bruce Haynes. I don't know Bruce. No. Yeah, big seven foot two guy. Uh, could be a could be a defensive. That's big. Guy. Yeah, he's a big boy, and uh, he was in in charge of the bridge, and he had been uh, brilliant. Uh, had uh, made the bridge. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was a self-driving bridge and you would self-driving by what I mean by that is it, it would, it was one big piece. It was like, I don't know, Chris, 30, 35 foot long. Once it was all retracted and you drive that right into the, uh, on the back of a uh, flatbed and that's how it, it traveled. But to get inside of this thing, you didn't want a seven foot two guy to get inside <laughs> to drive this thing. because <laughs> roll over on his belly and climb through this thing to to get up and drive it but uh yeah we we got that i think it was in north carolina the first time that we received that 
And uh, we, we played with it all day, all night, all day, all night to make sure that thing was working. Um, probably because we had never, we had never done it before. I mean, Bruce had, he, he uh, extended it out in the shop and stuff like that, but we had a, the B stage consisted of four scissor lifts. So the bridge would, would, uh, the trap door would open on the stage. The bridge would, would lift up, then start extending out to the, uh, the B stage, which I don't know how far that would have to be. 120, 130 feet. I don't know. Well, it had to be for stadium yeah, front of house. Yeah, absolutely. It was, or so, it wasn't front of house, but it was, you know, B stage had to be. Like, yep. And then the, the bridge would extend out and the B stage would rise up at the same time. And we try to make a meet at the same time. Right. So the bridge would be landing at this point and the, uh, the B stage would be rising uh, and meet at the same time, about two, probably about 20, you know, 10, 15 feet off the ground type of thing. So that was a very, very long day and night with the, that bridge. But uh, it was amazing. That thing was, that was incredible. It really, really, truly was. And I, I don't know. I think there might have been one time it didn't work uh, off the top of my head. And we always had a contingency plan. We, we used to build a, um, a scaff walkway out to the B stage. It was always a scaff walkway, you know, like two foot, three foot off. Oh, the, uh, really? So the bridge the, would extend over the walkway. Yeah, which was only like That's two a, or three feet off the ground, right? The the, the uh, scaff walkway, in case the bridge didn't work, the band yeah. could still get out to the B stage and and do their thing. The so, B stage via the the B bridge. Yeah, that's correct. Necessary. <laughs> B B B. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So that was my my first head carpenter. Yeah. Job and, was uh, was that Jake yet, or was that still Michael Ahern at the point? Nope that was that was Jake. That was Jake okay. and, and, and um, Gary Gerjan was the stage manager. Gary Gerjan, yeah, I remember. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah, Gary, Gary Gerjan. I think that might have been Gary's last tour, maybe. Mm. maybe. So you've you've been on and off with the Stones since since then, right? Because you're you're still doing the Stones these days. Yeah, I, I haven't done them the last the last uh, last run they just did. I, I did not do that one. It just crossed over with uh, with something else I had going on, and it just kind of worked out that way. Uh, right, right. But yeah, me and Opie about after um, probably last time I worked with Opie prior to doing these recent uh, Rolling Stone stuff, we had taken about a. 10, 12 year uh, break, if you will, from one another, because we did a good five or eight years together. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we just kind of ended up going our separate ways for just because we had our job, jobs going on. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, we hooked back up in um, 2012, I guess it was. 2012. Right stuff. after you and I worked together on the wall. That's correct. Yeah, two, what, two years? What, that was yeah. 10, Chris? 10, 9? Yeah. Probably you came in to oh, was Australia where you yep. started on the wall. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we mm -hmm. went from Australia to South America. You did all the stadium stuff with us, or that's a lot correct. of the stadium stuff with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. South America, South America, Australia. That's yeah. Right. So you know, I got to, I got to keep digging on the stones because I. <laughs> uh, all right, you you must after all these years have a dynamic with Keith Richards. You you must you must have kind of a dynamic with him right i mean you you he must look at you with that that sly grin i mean you guys must come on you gotta you know, tell there's me there's not there's no no i don't really have any much dynamic with any of the band members be quite honest with you chris i uh, you can't be around I, them for fucking decades and then not have 
um, you know. not, I'm not that bullshit. I don't, I don't bullshit with and shoot the shit with, with artists. I just don't have that tongue. I don't have that silver tongue to, to do that. I mean, there's, there's hellos and, and, and how do you do's and thank yous and, you know, the old nods and rah, rah, you don't care. Come on. Okay. Did this piece just uh, acknowledge me? Ronnie is the funny one. Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie was the, Ronnie was the funny one. Ronnie's just a go lucky kind of guy artist. He likes to have fun and he's always smiling and having a good time. And I've had beers with Ronnie before. Well, I shouldn't say me and him one-on-one. It was myself and about three or four other people back when he was drinking, which would have been, that was, that was in the nineties. Right. It would have been the nineties. Um, uh, but no, no, no dynamics with, with really the guys, you know, talked to Mick quite a bit. He was the person that I, yeah. I watched on the stage all night long and, and paid attention to him and answered his questions. And he's all business. Yeah. He's primarily all business. He's a ladies man, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, yeah, that was, you know, good, good small conversation, but no real dynamics, Chris. I mean, if, if there was a dynamic with the Rolling Stones, it was, I think it was in 12 when we was it 12? Well, they went back out in 12. Was They started their 50th year. I think it was their 50th year reunion. Right? That makes sense. Yeah, because 2022 is their 60th year together. Sheesh. Yeah, right. Fucking hell. Three out of five, I guess, right? Three out of five left. Well, not even Ronnie's not even. A, well, he's a member now, but I guess he wasn't until 15 years ago. No, no, no. Ronnie joined with... Uh... What record did he join? Black and Blue, which was yeah, but he, I, I don't 70, think he was a... 75, maybe? I would say five or six, yes. But he wasn't, I don't think he was an official member until fairly recently, Chris. Again, I'm talking 10, 15 years that he was uh, considered a member, uh, you know, a partner, a, you know, oh, okay. of the band. I think he was, he'd been a hired gun for all that time and obviously did the albums with him and so on and so forth. But that's my interpretation of it anyways. Um, yeah. No, but we did this, uh, we were doing, we were doing, we we're down in Australia and uh, gosh, it was, it was like our first show was in Adelaide and uh, I think it was our first show down there of the beginning of 13, maybe, maybe 12. And uh, I hang out stage, right. And then just keep an eye on the band and watch and pick up t-shirts thrown on there and make sure if it rains and so on and so forth, making sure they're all good. I'm standing there and all of a sudden I see this, this, this flash go come from behind me off to my left. And I, I didn't even have time to think. And what had happened, a stagehand had climbed up the scaffolding, stay, I'm sorry, stage right, and climbed up the staff, scaffolding and came running past me between uh, the keyboards and, and Charlie and Ronnie. Uh, and I just caught him in the corner of my eye. And this guy had a... Uh, a uh, high vis vest on, and he comes blowing by me. And I go, "This is not right. This is there's something wrong here." So I ran out there, right on this guy's ass, and literally two or three feet, he was reaching for Mick. He was going to go tackle Mick. I had he had had a high vis on with a with with how inconspicuous did, did, did he have a helmet and a fucking spanner with him too? <laughs> yeah, the spanner that'd been a different story, wouldn't it? Of um, yeah, right, that, that, that's part of the story. There is like if he didn't have this high vis on, I might have not noticed him. <laughs> he was all dressed in black, he might have gotten by, oh, but uh, he was like what within a foot or two of, of, of tackling Mick and, and taking him out down the stage, and I had 
grabbed his hoodie who happened to be sticking out of the back of his jacket there is behind his high vis. And, uh, I tackled him to the ground. Uh, it, it, it was again, if he didn't have a high vis on, I, I he would have probably gotten by and <clears throat> Mick's not real, a thick guy. He's a pretty skinny guy. And this guy happened to be fairly on the large side. If he would have hit him, he would have busted ribs on Mick or shoulders and everything else like that. And, uh, so I tackled him uh, right in the middle of the stage. And it's funny, after the show, they had, they had photographers out there. And they, they've got, they got me from when I left my point stage right to where I, there's like five different shots where I grabbed him, poked him in the eye, uh, bear hugged him, got him in chokehold and threw him down to the ground. Poked him in the eye. Well, yeah. <laughs> Were you trying to blind the guy? No, you come around there and you got to <laughs> like three stooges, man. <laughs> okay, I need to I need to stabilize this guy and blind him. <laughs> you do what you gotta do to save your paycheck, don't you? At the end at the end of the day there. So what was he just some just some fan was just trying to hug him or was he trying was, to do no, him harm he was, or he was, was stagehand? He was trying to tackle the guy and or run him off the stage what? or kill him or I, I, I didn't he what load out to start sooner or something? <laughs> <laughs> almost, I'm almost did, Chris. I'm almost at the end of the career, oh, but it's on. You could actually, you could, you could see it on YouTube, and I, I you I, can. Yeah, oh, you need to send me that link. And it's like uh, uh, Hunter gets on stage in Adelaide or something, something like that. Uh, I can't remember what the link is. I don't even have the link. Quite the link is Slap Daddy to the rescue. <laughs> I've got the. Uh, I've got the, they sent me some photos. The photos are pretty bad. I'll send you a photo or two, Chris. But uh, yeah, that was my, <laughs> that was my, uh, what do you call it? Dynamic uh, uh, scenario with uh, the Rolling Stones, I suppose, off that I can think of right now. Anyways, uh, how funny, how funny. Did, did, did Mick even know this, this guy was about to? Well, he didn't really, he kind of did know. You, you can see uh, Ronnie in the background and, 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 and Keith in the background going, what the fuck's going on there? Uh, but Mick didn't know us until like literally last until the commotion happened when I tackled him when we physically hit the ground. How funny. Yeah. How funny. So, so what are some of, you know, tell me, uh, you know, Rolling Stones, who, who are some of your, your, your favorites over the years? Who, 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 yeah. who would you always look forward to working with? Um, you know, there, there, there is, there's quite a few, Chris. I mean, uh, Billy Joel was, who is, and, absolutely a wonderful wonderful human being and artist and everything else like that he's right up there with with my uh you know top five you know if i had a top five if you will have you ever done a david letterman top five or anything like that on your, <laughs> on your podcast i don't know you know the, the t-mobile <laughs> ones. um so is know, billy is billy Billy five or one? Uh, no, he's just he's up there. Billy's he's, already, okay. There, well, okay, we'll, we'll call him Billy five. We'll call okay, him Billy, Billy five. five. He's just, I'm not going to know. We're not going to number him. That was my fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Billy Joel, uh, uh, obviously Roger Waters, Chris. That was he was an incredible, is an incredible per person. And you had a good dynamic with him. I, I remember you. I mean, you say that you don't, you know, relate well to artists. You related really well with Roger. Roger, Roger liked you a lot. 
and Rogers is, is, is he's, he's very approachable. He's, he's very, yeah. You know, there's no, there's, there's no drama there. There's nothing. It's just, it's, it's Roger and just smiling and playing his bass and looking around. He's a, he's a man of the people. He's a man of the people. <laughs> well, do you ever know, you ever noticed that uh, he, he, he sits in catering with the crew. Yeah, of course. And, and he will, yes. and he will come into catering and, 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 and maybe not so much anymore, but back in the day, he would, he would choose a different table of people to sit with. You know, he wouldn't come in and, you know, because, you know, we go to catering, we tend to eat with the same people every day, sure. but, you know, mm-hmm. he, he'll come in and make sure he sits down to, and to eat with somebody different every night and, and get to know them. You know, it's, 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 it's pretty cool. Well, I, I, I still <laughs> tell that story uh, uh, to, to people is, you know, Roger Waters, he, he had a book or he had uh, basically a book of everyone's uh, names and pictures, right? Well, he had, he had a stack of Polaroids. Yeah. He, yeah. A stack of Polaroids. It, and he wanted to know what every face was out there and what every person who was out there that was working with and for him. And that was, that's, that's huge. I don't think I've ever seen that from any other artist in my life uh, yeah, yeah. or who, who takes the time, the extra time to do that. And don't get me wrong. There's artists out there that take the time to say hello to, to their crew and so on and so forth. And, but they have a stack of pictures and it was not a small crew by any way. So yeah, <laughs> I kind of yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember everyone's name. And it's not just the core crew. It's the, truck drivers it's everybody you know i mean it's uh he and we've talked about this in the podcast before but you you get hired by roger waters you go to the production office and you get your laminate and your itinerary and but you get your polaroid taken and you write your name on the bottom of it with a sharpie and and, and it, it goes into the pile yeah that sits yep. in his dressing room and he just flips through them like like baseball cards you know it's brilliant it's, it's absolutely brilliant so you know roger waters billy joel shares an absolute sweetheart uh, um uh, janet was is, is a very much a sweetheart as well yeah my head um, my head a tour with her too i yeah she, yeah she's right, a lovely lady right, yeah. very much so really really yeah. enjoyed janet very much so you work with malcolm a lot then if you share and, and, and Janet and whatnot, you yeah, I, I cut a lot of teeth with with, uh, with Malcolm as well. What a what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being, and and learned a lot from him, and still learn a lot with him. Just having yeah. conversations with I him. Sp- I spoke to him the other day. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good peeps. I, I try to keep in real good touch with him. You know, we live I don't know eighty miles apart from one another, but uh, only see once another one another like you know once a year type of thing. We try to we try to do a little bit more often but not as no, often as Matt just liking. Matt just sent me the link to, oh, I did, to I did, your, your YouTube <laughs> and, 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 it, and it says man it's runs crazy. on stage but but uh, you're referred to as a security guard like I said that's how I began my career yeah, security it's, it's, catering it's, it's, stage yeah. the, the Royal Oak days you know <laughs> man from Royal Oak saves day <laughs> The local paper, the Royal Oak Tribune. <laughs> I had to find that. I had to see I it. Was good on you, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I was hoping I wasn't lying there for a minute. To... <laughs> uh, I do. I do remember that though. There, there are stories about that. You know, I mean that that made it around. You know. Yeah, it was a, it was a quick hit and run, yeah. as, as you would, as you would do. You know, I've got this. Uh, a real uh, one of the artists we were talking about, uh, Chris is is uh, he's one of those artists or was one of those artists. Uh, Bugs that, Bunny. That, <laughs> No, not Bugs Bunny. We love Bugs, though, right? You gotta watch some Bugs Bunny. You gotta smoke some weed, or he was smoking weed when they made them. One or the other. Um, uh, Is I worked with uh, Malcolm. Speaking of Malcolm, and this artist Prince worked with me. Oh, you did some Prince. Yeah, we did some Prince. 
Oh. Uh, I was like, I want to see, uh, gosh, that might have been around 11, 12, somewhere in there as well, right before the Stones. Um, and uh, there was an artist who, as we all can attest to, what a creative, incredible, incredible, incredible artist, in my opinion, anyways, uh, one of the best uh, musicians out there, artists, writers, all the above. We were doing one of his shows in, um, we were in New Jersey. And uh, we had done rehearsals for about maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 days or something like that. And uh, he, Prince was, he was difficult. He was, uh, you, you know. He, 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 <laughs> <laughs> being kind, aren't I? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But, you know, you kind of give him the creds like, 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 like a Madonna and stuff like that. He liked to rehearse and go through his things. He just got, he was definitely just more of a prick. All right. How about that? That's a little bit more. He was a prick. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, but you respected him at the same time. Yeah. I, remember, I think it was the first show or second show. And I talked to him once or two, three times during the week there when we were doing rehearsals and, and, uh, you try to, you tried to always think ahead of him. You'd always try to stay one step ahead of him as, as you'd try to do anyways. But this was, this one, I was really trying to stay ahead of him. And he's, he was up on stage, and uh, I'm looking up at him going, man, you're, you're such a prick. <laughs> you, you, you know what? You're so airy. God damn it. You, you were you using your inside God. voice? <laughs> huh? no, it all, well, I, I might have been. I might, it might have come out loud. But it was, in the, it was in the same sentence of, you're a prick. You're arrogant. God damn, are you good? You are incredible. You, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. you looked up there and, and all those words came out uh, at the same time. You know, all those thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh, but yeah, there you go, my guy. Yeah, Malcolm has, Malcolm has had a, we podcasted together as well. And he, 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 he told me about his relationship with Prince. And he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely uh -huh. interesting. You know, one of my favorite Prince stories, you know, Paul Chevaria told me, this was back in like Purple Rain days. And, and uh, when, you know, before Paisley Park, they used to rehearse at the Roy Wilkins. Remember the Roy Wilkins? And I, I don't know if it was in St. Paul or Minneapolis, but it's the Roy Wilkins Auditorium. And they're set up in there. And, and this is obviously Paul Chevaria telling me the story that <clears throat> early afternoon, you know, I, there used to be a, you know, a, a car, Prince used to drive his car in the building and he had this really cherry, beautiful old, you know, 60s Mustang. And, and uh, stagehand didn't really recognize the car or who it was, but the car starts driving across the arena floor, heading towards the snake. And this guy runs, out, he goes, no, 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 stop. You can't, you can't, you can't drive over the snake. He's like, and the car keeps going. The car keeps going and nudging up against the guy. And, and, and the guy finally just backs off and the car goes right over the snake. And then the guy's like, you cocksucker, motherfucker, whatever guy like going off on him, not knowing his prince. Also the car reverses back wheels up on top of the snake lights it up <laughs> snake starts twisting like, like a blender going round and round and then he pulls forward the window cracks open a little bit and he says sound check five o'clock be there <laughs> i don't know how true the story is but oh, yeah, it's right classic on. you know brilliant <laughs> if we have a snake we'll have a sound check i don't know what to tell you my friend <laughs> Yeah, something right up his alley, though. You know, testing it, uh, testing it, testing it. Yeah, I really wish I saw that that piano in a microphone show. You know, uh, that's just, oh, yeah, I would have loved to have seen that, you know. Yeah, no kidding. 
I mean, I'm a huge Prince fan, you know, uh, uh, and I'm so glad I didn't work for him. I don't, I, 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 I wouldn't be able to listen to him. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't, I would hate to have ruined the, you know, the idea that I couldn't listen to that, you know, to, to sign of the times or, or round the world in a day or purple rain or whatever. I would hate to be able to not listen to those, you know, but you, you're one of those artists. If you got, if you got uh, fired by him, you, you kind of put that on your resume. Cause it, it yeah. really didn't matter. So many people that were, were so are, are so great in this business had been fired by him, you know? So it was, there was, no- well, you, you've worked by the two most famous ones. Prince and Madonna, you know, I mean, it's being, being fired by one of those, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not a demerit. Effect, I guess, it's huh? not a demerit. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. It's not a demerit. That's correct. Uh-huh. Yeah. What did you say, Errol? Did you work for Errol oh, Smith? I did. No, no, no. Oh, okay. But I'm one of those bands that like to fire people, too, I understand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back in the day when they had the Arrow Police, yeah, right. you know, back when they were trying to go straight and, you know, they had the Arrow Police crew following oh, around crew members on days off to make sure they weren't drinking it's like really really yeah yeah i promise i won't drink while i'm working all right i you know it's it's, it's like mccartney with the you know the vegetarian okay i i will i will at work i will eat vegetarian but on my day off you know let me do let me be me on my day off okay indeed and i want to have a beer and have a burger or whatever you know whoever you are but you know just let me you know funny so how how so how's how's life, man? I mean, how how do you got you get through COVID? Okay, I mean, you would would you 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 yeah, would? I think I got through COVID pretty okay, Chris. You know, I, I I've kind of used this uh, this line where um, you know a lot of people weren't as fortunate as as as, as myself or yourselves, uh, and uh, I like to believe I like to believe I got more good out of it than bad. Yeah, yeah. I like I like to believe that uh, I, I learned a lot of, of uh, about life, you know, yeah. or, or or being home and appreciating more things more often. Yeah, and, uh, you know, even though there was a bit of a lockdown there, I still, you know, learned to do some cooking and some baking and cleaning and painting and fixing toilet. You know, like like we all did. You know, and I think we all kind of have very similar stories uh, over that what it was, it was like, I think it was 14 months or something like that, 13 months before I got my first uh, one-off job anyways here in LA. And uh, yeah, I, again, I, I tried to take a positive spin. It wasn't easy. Don't get me wrong. It didn't mm. happen off the oh, bat. Yeah. And I might have not realized it once until, until uh, we were back at work, you know, and appreciating what I have and, and had at the time and were able to get through this. You know, I, I know of three people that had passed away from the related to COVID. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, and, and some, one was young and two were old, you know, but uh, so, uh, yeah, I, again, I agree. I agree. And I have this conversation a lot. And if you, if you take away the money aspect of the whole thing, the, the lack of work, the lack of paychecks, though, you know, that kind of, if you, if you, cause that was just awful. That was just awful. And, and of course, the anxiety that goes along with, with it, et cetera, et cetera. But if you can somehow eliminate that, lots of great things happened during COVID, you know, whether it be finding health, 
or finding new passions or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you get to read again, you get to sleep well, you get to cook, you get to a lot of good things, you know, relationships with your loved ones, all these things, you know? So I, I, I have lots of fond memories of, 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 of those couple of years, you know? Yeah, you do. You That's That's really good to hear as well that you guys, you know, obviously it's great to see. Uh, I'm calling them again. memories. I'm working, we're working, I'm calling them memories, you know, the the shit it's, it's some people are still living it, you know, but yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. That's very true. And it's, yeah, it's, it's here. Yeah. Well, we're, 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 I'm out here with tool and we're, 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 we're touring and we've got COVID compliance officers and we're PCR testing three times a week. And, We've got COVID sniffing dogs that we use to, to vet the stagehands when they come through the door. And, you know, it's uh, I think we're doing it. I think we're, I think we're, I would hope we're a success story, you know, hold on. There's some wood in here. Okay. I think that's wood. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I believe we're a success story. And, and, and I, and I think we're all like-minded in the fact that we want to succeed. We want to keep getting paid and, and you know what? Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, what am I getting out of going off to, out to a bar or restaurant? Sure. Do I want to? Of course I do. Do I, do I, do I want that? Of course I want that. But, you know, that's not the, the, the power to make a living again, yeah. you know, is stronger than, than the desire to have a fucking beer, you know, or go out for a meal, you know. And Do you, do you think this will, this will the, the, the uh, COVID compliance officers and dogs and the PCRs, do you think they're going to be with us for... Another year, two years, eight months. What do you think? How long is that going to be with us? I don't know. I mean, you know, we've had all these glimmers of hope over the last couple of years, you know, whether it be, Mm -hmm. you know, the cases going down or the the vaccines coming and, you know, all these things were, were, have given us hope. And, and, and it's always been almost immediately struck down by something else, a new variant or, or whatever, you know, but I'm honestly feeling right now that I can see the end. You know, I honestly feel like this is ending and I, it, it, and, 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 you know, will we have COVID compliance? You know, I don't know, but I mean, look, how many times, how many times have we toured with people with the flu, Yeah. you know, yeah. and they were fucking sick and yeah. they did their job. They, whether on the lighting crew, whatever that you did your thing. Mm-hmm. And then when you could, you went to your book and you did, did your best and you'd come back in and you do load out or do the show. And then you go back to your bunk. That's and, what we did. And other people would get sick from it too, right? The yeah, bus, it's for, the, yeah, the yeah. Some, some, sometimes that would happen. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. it, but you know what? We didn't, I mean, right now we're, we're quarantining people with no symptoms because we PCR test on the road and we do our results on the road. We don't send uh-huh. them to a lab. You know, it's, 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 the lab is obviously more accurate because it can give you your viral load, your viral mm-hmm. count, you know, where, where the tests on the road are pass fail. So you, you fail, you you immediately get removed from the building and you go to a hotel and you quarantine for four or five days, six days, depending if you have symptoms, and then you come back. But we didn't do that. <laughs> no, I, we probably we, should have on certain you know, occasions. And, 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 the, and these people were a lot more sick. And, and Yeah, uh, right. true that, Chris. So, so I think certain things that will stay, though, I think masks are here yeah. whether it's covid or the flu or whatever you know i think if you're not feeling well i'd like you to wear a mask please you know you're, well, you're been doing that in asia forever huh? exactly we used exactly. to go over there and go 
or we go over there and they're wearing them going, well, those, well, look at them wearing masks. What are they doing yeah. wearing masks? I was like, well, I said, what? Is it, is it for the smog? I mean, what, <laughs> what, you know, I, I, was in, I, was, I was in Japan once, you know, and uh, I was in one of those production meetings like you do in the hotel with, you know, Aki-san or Akira-san or some, one of those guys, you know, and, and somebody sneezed in the room. And I said, uh, oh, it's interesting. You know, in America, we say Gesundheit or, or bless you or, or whatever. What, what do you say here in Japan? And he said, in Japan, we say, get the mask. <laughs> <laughs> mask, 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 mask. Get the mask. You know, so, but I really, I think that dynamic is here to stay. You know, I think KN95 masks are going to be around and we're going to be having them COVID or without COVID. We're going to be, if you don't feel well, I'd like you to wear a mask, you know? You yeah, know, yeah, you know. I'm, I'm fair enough on that. I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. Maybe they should make a, a KN96, though, instead, instead of the 95. I think the 95s are getting old. No, oh, you know, I'm getting calluses behind Updated. my ears. Yeah, I've you know, I mean, you know, I, it, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I remember early on funny, where <laughs> you'd only take like a 90-minute flight and the mask was just like fatigue, you're like mask fatigue, like, fuck, I can't wait to take this thing off, you know? But yeah. now, I'm wearing it every day, you know, it's just, you know, I, I, I will walk outside, I'll walk outside the hotel room and I'm like, you know, walking down the street, like, Oh, I still have my mask on. And even like, shit, I can take this off. You know? It's like putting on your undies. If you wear undies, you, you put them on every day. <laughs> at the same time, I, 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 in the production office, I, I, you know, we're all tested. You know, I, I tend to take my mask off of my desk because I wear glasses when I'm looking at the computer and whatnot and they steam up and, 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 and I find myself getting up and walking out of the office and forgetting my mask. Go, fuck, you know, and I, go, I have to turn around and I go back in and put it on again, you know? Yep, all guilty but, of that. And hopefully but, that, like you said, I hope, I hope. I'm, I see it ending. I see it ending, bro. I see it. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, Omicron, sure. You know, it's, 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 it's bad for certain people, you know, but for most people out here and, and, and believe me, I'm seeing it on a daily basis. People, you know, not as much anymore, but testing positive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we sent him to hotel. Well, how, what happened? He goes, well, I got a, a tickly throat or I got a headache for a couple hours, you know, or, you know, some people it's, yeah, I had a runny nose for a couple of days, you know, and, or I, I had one tough night's sleep, but a lot of people are you know, like, yeah, I didn't feel shit. I didn't feel anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, I and, hope uh, people don't, don't start using them as excuses. Yeah. You know I mean? Whether it be an artist or whatever have you. Yeah. But, uh, but it's free falling. Well, I don't know if free falling, but you know, their percentages were going down. We're going down, you know, and uh, you know, I'm in Texas right now and, and, and you know, people aren't wearing masks anywhere. No, they but, didn't you know, think about it. But we, we, we do, we do. do, you know, do we, you... And we make the stagehands wear masks. We yeah, make, not yeah. only do we make them wear masks, we make them put on KM95 masks so that we, mm -hmm. that we, you know, cause you know, these gators and these, these rags that they hang on their face that are loin cloth uh -huh, yeah <laughs> barely 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 <laughs> touch their right on your face that's a loin that goes below your waist you know uh, and, and and also you being a stage manager would appreciate this what we're what we're adamant about is we we put an extra person on the labor call and and and, and all their job is to make sure that your crew keep their masks on you know it's not fair it. for my lighting crew or my stage manager to go up to people and ask them to you know because it creates animosity and a yeah, bad vibe yeah, but if yeah, but yeah. what if one of their own comes up to him and go hey you need to wear your mask properly yeah. up over the nose you know and, and yeah and like we've had not had to remove anybody from a building but i'm not afraid to if someone's not someone's not wearing their mask properly i i, I am not afraid to say hey bro you know we, we you know you gotta go nope i concur have you seen chris have you seen uh uh are you making all your calls? 
or all, is your labor all showing up? Or are you short nine guys or three guys? Or We've done 13 shows. We've done the West Coast and we've done the mountain region and we've cut down through Oklahoma. Now we're in Texas. We've, I think the worst we've had it, we were, well, you know, in Boise, Idaho was tough, you know, cause there's no labor there. We were yeah. short a little bit, but we made it work, but we've been pretty much, you know, maybe a half dozen at the most, you know, and what always tends to be on the load in, you know, the load in, we seem to be short, but the loadout, we seem to be plentiful. But you know what? You can get around being short a half a dozen pushers. You know, yeah, it's it's absolutely. it's it's being short riggers is what I've always been concerned Couldn't agree about. More. And we're seeing we're seeing lots of new riggers. You know, um, and my rigging team has the has a really good attitude about it. You know, like okay, just just be honest with me. Or if you're new, just tell me, and we'll help you. You know, let me give you some tips. Let me teach you something. You know, and uh, and it's it's just been okay. Right. You know, but some people, these new kids that they pull, they pull two motors and they're, they're they're done. They're toast. (laughs) You know, you know, they're, you know, it's, 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 they they don't have the, the endurance, you know, um, some of the newer people, but you know, they're learning, they're learning and it's all about attitude. And that's another thing that stage management does is, you know, you go up to the, the crew boss or the, the call steward or whatever, and you go, Hey, just, just be honest with me. How many guys yeah, you have? Exactly. I can take it. Don't try to beat around the bush. Cause we had one crew guy, you know, cause we, we, we stagger our calls, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a way to, okay, you've worked your four to five hours, your cut. And the next call comes, you work your four to five hours, your cut. Mm-hmm. But you know, we had, you know, one, one steward was taking people from one call and moving them to the next call. Like, yeah, yeah. Everybody's here. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. no, I'm you took that guy who was on the eight o'clock call who was doing lights and you picked them off there and you put them over here on the 10 o'clock call and make them do. No, that doesn't work. You know, right, right, right. they're, 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 but just be honest, man. Be honest. We can take it. Let us yeah. know what we're up against, please. You we're know? not going to get blood out of a rock. You know, you're short five guys, you're short five guys. What am I going to do? You know, here we go. Let's yeah. go push a box. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's but you know, I, I say we're, I, you know, we're successful. You know, That's we good. loaded out That's last great. night in two hours and 35 minutes or That's something, awesome. you know, 14 trucks and, and, uh, it's good, you know, good. I mean, Everyone's but, healthy. That's the bottom line, but I've heard some horror stories over the last few months of, of, you know, people being short, like 30 people for the loadout and, and, you know, backline guys wrapping steel wire at the end of the day. Right, right. <laughs> You know, but you know, if we have to do that, we'll have to do that. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. You know here, I'll here call the accountant, give me a bunch of cash because we're we're paying our <laughs> we're paying our crew to be to do the loadout. You know, Absolutely. Not, you know, yep. You know, that, that would be the only way to do it. Yeah, well, good. That's good to hear. I'm glad that yeah. uh, you're fresh into it right now. We hit, we hit it up last year, and we we made our run through the middle of the summer, and and we knocked on wood, we made yeah. it through as well. You know, without any any cancellations or postponements. So that, yeah, yeah. That, that's an accomplishment right there. Yeah. Like you said, took us an extra half hour, 45 minutes, but at the end of the day, we all walked out there, walked out of there with our health and everything else. And that was right. That's the bottom line. So. Hey, so it's time to, it's time to alienate and our, our listeners by, <laughs> by talking about our love of baseball. Okay. You and I, you and I, uh, you and I are really good friends, and I think a lot of it has to do with our our, our both passion for 
for baseball. And you know, and, and you with hockey, I've got this really great picture. I don't know if I ever sent it to you, but remember we were doing the old Joe Lewis arena and we went into the, into the, the Red Wings locker room and you laid down right in the middle. They have this big Red Wings logo right in the middle of the floor, you yep. know, on this carpet and you laid down and I took this picture of you yep. basking in your beloved Red Wings logo. We've got a beautiful picture of that. I don't know if Yo, I, I got it. I still have it. I still got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's a good poses. one. It was like a, a model pose with my, in my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Legs crossed, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole deal. Big, big, old, big old grin on my face. I got you. But God, you know, I mean, uh, whenever we talk, you know, we're talking baseball. I mean, that's what, that's, you know, kind of like the, the, the glue that binds our friendship, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. kind of in a lot of ways, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, you'll, we'll send each other friendly little texts and we're not, we don't ever text or email about the industry. It's no, always we should, about we baseball. Don't. No, oh, you know, you uh, know. and you're, and you're wearing your Detroit Tigers baseball cap right now as we, as we speak, you know, and, and uh, <clears throat> so you see, you, you love the Tigers, but you live in Anaheim and you're kind of, you kind of, you kind of fell in love with the angels as well, didn't you? Yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't live in Anaheim. I don't mean it, but you live, you live, you know, in the South. Yep. 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 <clears throat> yeah. You're uh, you're, you're, you, you nailed it, Chris. You do, you do pay attention to my texts and emails about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Nice little test. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am, you know, maybe in the last maybe five or six years, I would say, you know, I found myself leaning towards, towards the angels over the, over the tigers, uh, which is pretty big move for me. Cause I'm, I'm still my Detroit lions fan. I know you're all laughing out there. I am a, a red wings fan and I'm a Pistons fan. And, uh, the baseball is just, uh, for some reason have grabbed me. The angels have grabbed me. You know, I've, I've been to, uh, I went, I went to the world series when they won it. Um, and, and, uh, I find myself in the, when the Tigers are in town and I'm home, I try to go down to Angel Stadium to catch the Tigers and Angels, and I find myself cheering from the Angels. And it kind of, it, sh- it shocked me again about three or five years ago. And I, I go, whoa, did I just, did I just oh, boy, did, 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 yeah. oh <laughs> boy, Ty Cobb rolled that? over in his grave. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, and Mark the Bird Fidris. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, but I, I still sport them, and I'll, and I'll always, always sport them. And if they were, in, if they were in the in, in the uh, American League Championship, where would I go with that? I don't know, man. I don't know what team I would, oh, no. I would root for on that one. I, I, don't sport, know. I, I don't know either. But it's 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 it's. With that being said, Chris, what is what is going to happen with our baseball season? I mean, they're not even. Spring training. No, no, you know what? They're still negotiating. But, yeah, you know. well, they get but a lot of time. Uh, baseball stadiums. How many have you been to? It's funny you said that. I was thinking about not more, more, more than half. You've been to more than half because because we're on the well, road. We, I mean, we tour. Well, we have yeah. days off, and there's baseball games. If we're in a city with a baseball team with a game happening in a day off, more often kind of a than not, we're we're going to try to go to that game. It's a two part question, I suppose. You know, how many baseball stadiums have I been to for a baseball game versus doing a show there? You know, oh, that's right. I, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, in yeah. that respect, um, I, I, you know, I, I bet I'm pretty close to half of them, Chris. I bet you, I'm. I'm hey, no pun intended. I bet I'm in the ballpark of going through <laughs> half of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doing, doing, doing shows in baseball stadiums. I, I've, I've been lucky. You know, I've, I've done shows in Fenway Park and Wrigley yeah, Field, yeah. and, and, uh, and the, the, the Philadelphia, San Francisco. You know, and there. 
They're super cool. I mean, it's yeah. just, oh, remember when we did the Fen- we did the wall in Fenway Park yeah, together? We, we took batting practice inside the Doug, inside yeah. the inside the Red Sox you dugout. Remember, I've got oh, I've got a video of you with a with a with a helmet on and in the batting cage and and, and swinging, know, man, swinging for the swinging for the wall. Yeah, I I you know I think I was doing like sixty miles an hour. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't there. There was no heat. Those things have heat. Yeah, sure, sure, you sure. know, but oh yeah, good touch. And you I, put the bat on the ball too. You put the bat on the ball. I forgot about that, Chris. I remember that. Now I totally forgot about that. Yeah, good, good stuff. Um, yeah, I love my baseball. I really do. I mean, I, I and I, I, this, it's you know, it's summertime. It's growing up as a kid. It, it brings back great, great, great memories. Uh, quick little trivia question. Maybe not too much trivia, but. What are the what are the oldest ballparks as we sit right now? I should say the top. Uh, I guess there's four or five. Well, other, that I can other, think. I think there's other five. Other than there's Wrigley five. and Fenway. Well, other than Wrigley, and Fenway? that five, but that's the obvious. You got Wrigley. Oh, you got Fenway. They've all been replaced, though. I mean, yeah, but there's there's three other ones that are pretty darn old that I can think of, Chris. And I really uh, Dodger Stadium. Oh yeah, I forgot about Dodger. Yeah, uh-huh, of course. Because they replaced St. Louis, they replaced Milwaukee, they replaced San Francisco. You know, they were you know they replaced Pittsburgh. They replaced Yankees. They replaced Yankees. You know, all these teams have you know they've replaced their Atlanta. They replaced you know I mean Fulton County. I mean, uh, and and all those I've been to the old ones, but not the new ones. Right, right, it's yeah. Weird. It's uh-huh. weird. Uh, well, you know, so what? What's still going? I mean, I, I th- you got to think Dodger Stadium is the oldest one behind Fenway and, and Wrigley. I mean, I would say yes, and then I think the run for the money on that one would be Oakland. Oh right, right. That that oh, would be right. right yeah, the, right, they've Oakland, been they've Coliseum. been threatening to to replace that piece of shite forever sure. because that that's one of those you know. They played football and baseball there, yeah, so right, they do right. that really weird conversion. So yeah. it just never really sat right for either sport. You know, what no, I mean? especially for baseball. <clears throat> my humble opinion there, but uh, then I saw one the other day when I was watching the football game, and I saw the old Royal Stadium in the background. Oh, right, Kaufman. Kaufman Stadium. What they call that? Kaufman. Okay. Or was it? Or was for yeah. sure. That was, uh, and I forgot about that one. That that's that old. That, yeah, uh, you know that's that's with the, the closest with the waterfall and stuff. Yeah, I, I was there to see the Red Sox on a day off back, probably in the eighties oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That was the closest I ever came to catching a foul ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting, I'm sitting down the first baseline, and I'm sitting on the, I'm sitting on the aisle, and this ball, foul ball, comes Coffee, flying, nice one, comes, nice comes flying, comes flying down. <laughs> it's a foul ball, hits the concrete steps way below me. Comes up, hits me in the chest, lands on my lap, goes off my lap, and goes back down the stairs. And somebody else got it. That was the closest I ever came to catching a foul I touched ball. it. I touched. I touched it. it. I touched it. Yeah, I put. I put my. I don't even know. My, I don't. My hands touched it, but my. my it touched you. Took the wind out of me, probably. You know. <laughs> we'll just have your ribs to talk about it, but uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, baseball, I hope. I, I hope. I hope they get their their shit together for for this upcoming season oh they better stop yeah, being man. so fucking because it'll kill the game uh, again Chris, it'll again, kill the game again you know? especially after going through what we've got everyone's gone through this last two years of, of, of covid and people want to get out and enjoy some baseball and so on and so forth. yeah 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 totally well you know baseball i feel is a thinking man's game there's a zen to it you know uh every other think about any other sport you can think of other than maybe cricket it's it's two opposing forces going at each 
each other, trying to get past each other to the other side to a goal, whether it be a touchdown or a basket or a, a hockey, whatever, soccer. I mean, it's all water polo. I mean, it's just two opposing forces trying to get past each other to the other side, where baseball is nothing like that. Nope, a lot it's of that. It's a thinking man sports. Mm, there's, yeah. Again, there's a zen to it that I yeah. really appreciate, you know, yeah. so yeah, yeah no, we will continue our share. And yeah. we will go to another, we will go to games together, bro. We will and, do it. And know? it could be minor league, right? They're just it, as fun as the yeah, pros. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> doubt about it, buddy. Huh? Or my Long Beach uh, Dirt Bags college team. There we go. <laughs> mud hens or whatever the <laughs> yeah, fuck they call them. There's some funny names out there. Great logos you know? too. Mm-hmm. In New Orleans, they were called the baby cakes. Uh, it's, it's, it's fucking bizarre. You know? Great fish. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. bro, thank you for doing this with us. Like I, 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 I had the time of my life, you know, catching up with you and, 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 you know, I, I value our friendship and I can't wait to, uh, to hang some more and do goofy, stupid shit and, and maybe some good work in between there somewhere. And, and I feel the same way. And thank you. I was not sure how I would do on something like this as I have never done one. Yeah. And, uh, you guys made it really easy and comfortable. And I, I yeah. thank both of you for inviting me and I, yeah. I, my cheeks are are hurting from the okay. <laughs> well by the time Good Matt's done editing it'll only be about a 15 minute episode but, you know. <laughs> all my hums and haws screwed all the hums and haws <laughs> you are the best brother oh. and uh let, let's talk i know we got shit to talk about so we'll 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 do that at some point and uh you know all right whoop, whoop. slap you. daddy all right yep. thanks slap daddy <laughs> Thank you, Matt. You guys all be safe, okay? We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Nice to meet you. Take care, man. Bye. All right. Check it. Check it.